0: Welcome to The Q, conversations in digital media. This podcast is brought to you by Q1 Media, digital campaign execution and optimization since 2004. Our next episode is queued up and ready to roll. Thank you for listening. You're in the queue.
1: welcome to the queue everybody this episode of the podcast is brought to you by q1 media q1 media partners with agencies and brands all across the nation for all of their digital marketing needs whether it's ctv ott location-based mobile device ad targeting search engine marketing targeted display research and data that you might need for your clients whatever it is q1 media can help with all your marketing efforts uh, so yeah please check out q1 media's website at q the number one media.com that's q the number one media.com and you can view case studies examples of our work or even check out episodes of the q the podcast conversations in digital media all right today we had a an amazing guest uh Curia Francis, who is now the, uh, actually she's the VP of diversity and inclusion at GSDNM. Uh, She's been working in the advertising space uh, ever since she graduated from UT, uh, back started maybe 30 years ago, and then has been working with the GSDNM uh, agency here in Austin, Texas for almost 20 years. Uh, She did a bunch of data and analytics on that side, and then has since moved in to the VP of diversity and inclusion role. She's doing. She also is now the president of Austin Ad Federation. Uh, so we talked a lot about that and ways agencies, creative uh, agencies, and other technology companies can get involved within the Austin Ad Federation. Uh, so it was a great conversation with her. I hope you guys enjoy it. This is the Q. Thanks, Kuriev. Welcome to the queue. Thank uh, you for having me. Uh, you've been in Austin for quite some time.
0: Yeah, I did two stints of in Austin. Actually, I went to the University of Texas of Austin back in '89. I graduated in '93, and then I left and thought I was gone forever. And then GSDM called me back in 2000. And I've been here ever since. Wow, uh, it's
1: a little growth and a lot of change since then. It but. was a.
0: Li- it was really interesting to understand that Loop One was. Mopac. When they came back and gave me directions, they're like, "There's a loop." I said, "Wow, there's a loop in Austin." And then I got on. I was like, "Oh, this is Mopac." You know,
1: <laughs> that must have been somebody who wasn't from Austin, so. right? <laughs> that's
0: exactly right.
1: Uh, so, been with GSTNM for God, I mean, that's almost twenty years. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, you went to UT. Yes. Uh, graduated with three different majors. You must have been really busy. <laughs>
0: yeah, actually, my first. I like to do two stents for some reason, but uh, my first time at UT, I got a degree in. Bachelor of Journalism and Broadcast. Uh, and then I got a Bachelor of Science in Radio, TV, and Film. And what most people don't understand is, is that when, you, I'm a planner, I guess, and you can take kind of dual classes. And so from the time I stepped on that campus, I had, uh, I was determined to do, get two degrees in, four years. And so while people were taking all these electives to find themselves, I was not finding myself. I was like taking certain classes to make sure that I graduated with those two degrees. Um,
1: at and least then, they complemented each other. Yeah. You know, like, yeah.
0: I had, I, my thought was at the time that I was going to go on air and then, um, and be a and, radio broadcaster. Or? Well, I was really thinking about TV at the mm-hmm. time, but then I would have the production skills. So that way I could do in front and behind the camera and then i never did either one i did go and work for a radio station and was a radio reporter for a little while but um i didn't i didn't pursue television for some reason I, I, it was just the times i guess uh, and then 20 years later i decided to uh, go back to the 40 acres and went back and got my master's at that time
1: wow wow that's great i i it's funny because we talked a little bit about this, but the lifestyle, the, you know, r- the reporter lifestyle is very oh. vigorous. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, what made you want to transition?
0: Well, I will admit that one of the, when I was a radio reporter, I was at the station at 3 a.m. And what is interesting is, is that you have to be up and, you know, allow people to feel like they're, you're, you're encouraging other people to have a good day. So you have to kind of, pump yourself up at 3 a.m., which is very hard to do, when most uh, everyone around you is not up until 9 a.m., possibly even 10 10 a.m., and so they want to go to dinner at 6, and you're like, oh, let's go to dinner at 3, and they're like, no, I want to go to dinner at 6. So it it becomes very difficult to have a social life uh, when you work those type of hours, and so you'll find uh, you know, for those who are married it's, it, is, uh, it probably is very strenuous on the marriage at some point, but you can't really have um, too much of a social life unless it's related to your job. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to have a life outside of that, and that's when I transitioned from radio over to advertising. But it was really more about media buying than anything else. It really wasn't creative advertising as most people see it
1: today. Was, uh, what was the media buying landscape like back then?
0: So I, I laughed because uh, one of uh, my clients I had at the time was Acura. And it was so manual, it, it was ridiculous. We would uh, actually call our TV schedules over the phone. And it'd be like one time Allie McBeal, <laughs> Monday night, <laughs> 8 p.m. That's like Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> how it was. And uh, I remember we had a grid of prime time and acura would only put certain commercials uh, certain level of cars into certain programs so if they felt that the audience didn't have as much money um, they would have their lower end vehicles and if they had more money then they would have their higher end vehicles and so ever since then every time i'm watching uh tv and i see you know, a certain type of vehicle. I won't name what it is. I go. I probably need to upgrade my TV viewing watching right about now because apparently, you know, they might think that uh, that uh, I don't have any money, which I don't. But. Uh, daytime daytime <laughs> television, right? <laughs> right. But there's nothing like it. I'm sorry. There's nothing like it. So, um, was but, it yeah. difficult
1: to buy? Uh, Programs. I mean, or actually like with data. I know it was. You know, was, there was always Nielsen and. and well, yeah, there metrics, was but... Nielsen,
0: and there was there was no di- digital. There was no such thing as the internet at the time. I remember having meetings uh, about the launch of email at our company. Um, I was working at at the time. And uh, so everything was focused on radio and TV, nothing beyond that. Some outdoor. There was an outdoor team that worked with billboards. Um, but, and then, of course, obviously at the national level versus the local level. But uh, it was all about broadcast. And so things were done by pencil, you know, and um, you would input it into uh, the system. You would estimate your ratings by hand. Uh, Grab the physical tape. Uh, yeah, some it, that's, it wasn't that bad, but uh, you did have a book with a ruler, with a magnifying glass. There's probably some people who are listening to this laughing, but that's how it was at the time. And and uh, reps would come to the to the company every single day. I wasn't at GSDM at the time, but they would come to uh, the agency I was at every single day to pick up their orders. There was no because there was no email. So um, just seeing that evolution from uh, having to pick up orders, to being able to fax orders. I mean, that was like uh, innovation at one point, to moving on to actually being able to email orders until Finally, systems started catching up with the times and allowing it to man- be managed within the application. Mm-hmm. So all of the work that people are used to doing now—that seems like it happens, you know, in an instant. Back in the day, it was a lot of manual labor that went along with that. And um, and so I'm not saying it's easy. It's just different. It's uh, the workload is different uh, from what we had. And and one of the I guess negatives of that is that I feel like people don't get to know other people as much the way that things are done today. Um, because by picking up the orders or talking over the phone to actually relay what you're what you're spending with uh, your vendor partners, you got to know them as people you got to know when they were married or when they had a baby, you, you got to know them as people. But now everybody's behind an, an email address. And sometimes you find yourself in a situation where you work with someone for a decade. I've been in that situation. I've never met them face-to-face. I just know them by a voice, so. Um,
1: and you really don't. You, you Somebody can be a different presence through email and totally be a different person. Absolutely. Per, yeah, you know, like in absolutely. actual face-to-face talking and, and conversating, so. How, I,
0: you know, it's funny. How many times have we all listened or talk to someone on the phone, and you visualize who that person is, and then they walk in the door, and you just have this moment of, you know, don't make a face, don't make a face, you know. But, um, but yeah, you, it's it's it is true. You can create a different persona uh, behind email, behind social media, behind a lot of different things, and who you are in real life.
1: Uh, and that's something that I guess you're working with GSDNM now in your new mm-hmm. role. I guess you can mm-hmm. tell people a little bit about that.
0: Sure. So for the past. Uh, Nineteen years, basically, I have been working with our media research partners at an agency level. So like Nielsen and Forrester and Mintel and Kantar and Media Oceans probably uh, one of the bigger ones. Uh, and I've been working with all those companies uh, on behalf of the agency, uh, kind of as le- the lead uh, for that. Um,
1: what about, does that involve? So what?
0: mostly just... Um, it has different facets to it. Part of it is procurement. I mean, it's just making sure that we have the tools that we need. Um, The other part of it is training and getting um, our staff up to speed. Uh, And then the last part of it is really about innovation and making sure that not only are our partners innovating, but we're innovating internally to meet the needs of our clients. Um, You know, it was a great job and kind of still is because I have you know a hand or two in what's happening now I'm I am moving off of it it's (laughs) somebody someone who's listening are like she needs to move on I am moving (laughs) off of it Um, and I had the opportunity probably mm, about a year and a half ago I've kind of been doing diversity inclusion as a side gig Um, uh, I've always spoke at different events like three percent and um, at Rackspace, I went out and, and did a client keynote for them, uh, and Nielsen and and places like that. Um, so it was always part of my job. But it, you know, when you have something that you're passionate about, you kind of want to do it all the time. And and one of the great things about working at GSDM is that they really do allow you to, um, you know, fulfill your destiny or your dreams, if you want to do that. And they give you the space to do that as much as they possibly can, because obviously they're in business to make money. Um, and over the past, probably now, year and a half, um, I've been talking to our CEO, Def Stewart, about transitioning into this role, and we had a lot of things. We were launching a DMP, we were you know, doing a lot of things internally, and it just couldn't happen overnight just because of the fact that I've been involved for so long. Um, but eventually, it did. And so now, um, as of March, I have moved over uh, to Diversity and Inclusion. I'm a VP of Diversity and Inclusion. And I'm working with, um, believe it or not, within Omnicom Family, there's only 17 of us who do this um, wow. across uh, uh, the world. Actually, for Omnicom, and two of them work at GSDM. We have Max Rutherford, who does vendor partner diversity, so he works with some of our creatives uh, in making sure we get uh, the right people in uh, for producers and directors and things of that nature. And then I work with workforce diversity, which is with our teams in recruitment and retention, and just uh, making sure that people feel like they can bring their whole selves to work. So one of the initiatives we're doing now is working with McGarry jesse and, and Wonderman and T3 and RGA and several of uh, the agencies uh, across Austin. Uh, and uh, I'm going to give a little shout out to Jeremy Wood, who's at McGarry jesse who started this. We are doing um, a uh, – we're participating in the Pride Parade uh, for uh, – the Austin Pride Parade, which happens in August, yes, mm-hmm. it should be June, but yeah, uh, you know, talk to them about it. It'll be hot. It will, it will be hot. <laughs> it Actually, it's going to be at eight o'clock at night. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so it's at eight o'clock at night, and there's about four hundred or five hundred of us walking. So, um, you know, being able to help make that a uh, reality for uh, some of our our uh, talent pool uh, mm-hmm. not only draws more people to our company, uh, but it also makes our employees proud of, of how we represent them uh, out there in the, the space. So I'm very excited about all the things that I'm going to be able to do in this new role. And um, and I'm very honored and, and pleased that our executive team has given me the keys to that kingdom and making that happen.
1: Mm-hmm. That's great. I, I think you're you hit it on the head. I think any kid coming out is it's culture is a huge deal.
0: Absolutely. And that's
1: maybe different from when you started. I don't that's know. That's exactly if, <laughs> true. And these kids are, are are not tied to one company or another. Right. And they will vet that, that part of it.
0: That is exactly right. Yeah. I'm, you know, everyone's part of a different generation. So I'm technically part of the Gen X generation. And with that, we were very Uh, we we were in the middle Um, we were at the end of the baby boomer and where we grew up in the 80s and there was a desire to have things Uh, whereas i feel that millennials the generation that's right behind us is more about work-life balance and uh, having uh, their life mean more than their job and it's not to say this applies to everyone it's painting a wide brush But the truth of the matter is, is that I think they learned their lesson from Gen Xers and that we were workaholics, to be perfectly honest. And we're trying to transition back to having work-life balance and following passions. Uh, But I really think you're right. When I came out of college, it was all about the money. It really didn't even matter kind of what the job you did. It was just how much money did you get to do the job. Now I feel like someone would applaud a recent graduate for pursuing their passion, whether they were making any money or not. And that's, that's totally different than my experience yeah i mean
1: it's society changed and Absolutely. i think there's things i mean even with environmental uh, yes. reasons we were just talking about how tesla changed their uh their paint structure to yeah. white, you know and it just because environmentally it it brings in less heat it draws less heat right, from the right. black paint that their their standard but let's tesla be honest
0: wear. elon musk is <laughs> trying to make more money because he's hoping <laughs> that folks would you know, prefer a black car over a white car for yeah. their Tesla. But actually, it's really, I know this has nothing to do with this, but it's a side note, for those of you who want to buy a Tesla, a friend of mine is thinking about buying it. And even though they have those white seats, you'll see the Tesla with white seats, they they, they don't have, they're stain proof. Mm-hmm. So who would have thought that? Because yeah. I, I don't ever get leather in the light color because it stains. And so I don't know if it's leather or, probably isn't now they think about it it's elon musk but think think yeah it's probably stuff. it's probably not leather <laughs> so that's why it's stain proof so Anyway, well, it's, I digress.
1: No, no, it's it's good. I think that's where you, you mentioned a lot of kids will will choose, you know, maybe a nonprofit to work for that's something exactly like that, right. and they're not. That's that's what their passion is. And that's
0: exactly the right. The money,
1: you know, the Wall Street aspect. There was a little bit more glitz and glamour. How much can I acquire back then? Right. Um, and with the the changes in society, obviously political reasons too. But like you said, I mean, the the world has just changed, and and y'all have evolved with that.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, the agency when I first. Um, Got there in 2000. It was going through a really big transition. G S T N M before that was um, an iconic brand, really for Texas and the region, regional area. Um, when we first started working with Southwest Airlines, everyone thinks of it as a large agency. I mean, large uh, airline. But at the time, they only had a few planes when we started working with them. And Walmart was just a few stores. Um, and Brinker, you know, the, the Chili's and uh, the Macaroni Grill and the On the Border, those brands, all of that were small, small companies when we started with them. And it is one of the best legacies that our agency has had in uh, bringing those great brands to light and in front of a national audience. Um, and with that, we had the opportunity to transition SBC or Southwestern Bell, for those of you who are...
1: Well, that was, well, it was AT&T a and little, then they broke it up, right? That's exactly
0: right. <laughs> so it was, it, it was AT&T, they broke it up into the Baby Bells, and so we had Southwestern Bell, and we had the privilege of merging those Baby Bells back together. Was it Singular
1: a part of that whole process too? Right, so
0: Singular was part of the wireless yeah. uh, portion, um, and it, you know they had the Bell South, the Southwestern Bell, the Pack Bells, all of that got merged, and that was the landline Portion of it, and then Singular was the wireless portion of it, which now no one even thinks of those being separate. But back then, it was. It, it was. was. I there. had a
1: Singular. De- <laughs> uh, my first I cell know. phone was a Singular phone.
0: <laughs> I know. I still wish they had the flip phones because it's so you know yeah. it feels so good to hang up and there's a their click you know <laughs> instead of that tap that we have. But anyway, yeah. So we merged those bells together, and uh, and, and it was quite a huge account and quite a huge accomplishment trying to um, have very distinct brands come together and be cohesive uh, to uh, that audience. Uh, and then, of course, they decided they don't want to be SBC anymore because no one really knew what that meant, so they want to go back to AT&T, so we had to go through that transition um, as well. And so I'm very, very proud, and that was the reason why I actually came to GSTNM was to help work. On the merger of those of, of those uh, companies, so I'm very proud to be a part of that that history, uh, and it was a growth spurt for our agency. Um, I yeah, I know that you work in the space of digital mostly, and I think of back where when we first had digital, we didn't know what they did. That's what that's what it was called. They. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, what do they do? Yeah. It's like, they work on digital.
1: There's like, these impressions and there's these clicks. <laughs> yeah. I don't we know. We had
0: no idea, but it was three of them. And they sat in a corner. And then I'll never forget, you know, at the time, agency, you know, you were in your own space. And we had lots of different areas for the media department. And I'll never forget walking over and I was like, who are all these people? And then come to find out. They're the digital department, and it grew exponentially over a short period of time with AT&T, and then eventually BMW. Um, that is where they really, we really, really grew um, that group. And then, of course, um, Air Force. You know, uh, being uh, something we've partnered with your company uh, with, you know, before and. Uh, you know that is the most technically driven branch of the military, uh, and so with that comes the opportunity to be very innovative. You know, AT&T, BMW, um, Air Force, all of those brands—I um, don't want to use the word force—but allowed us to be on the bleeding edge of, of of innovation when it comes to doing media buying and campaign buying and all of those things.
1: And you worked with you mentioned Kantar, um, yes. you know Ocean, um, Media Ocean, Media Ocean yes. and all those Jane Nielsen. Um, and there's many years there from mm-hmm. maybe 2000 to maybe 2015, even mm-hmm. where these companies weren't doing a good enough job in recording no. digital. I mean, well, you
0: have to realize you think about it. What's <coughs> happening uh, in everyone's personal life? To be perfectly honest, you had a few TV. Shows or TV networks that you worked with. And then when you got cable, you might have only watched one or two cable networks, you know, so you probably had maybe 10. I'm going to, you know, expand it to that, but really most people had like five Mm -hmm. that they watched on a consistent basis. Um, And then you had your one radio station because you only had six buttons in your car. So you had to narrow it down to a few stations when it came to that. So that was your experience for a very, very long time. So they had a long time to be able to innovate on anything. It was like, I'm gonna understand the, the problem, I'm gonna talk to everybody I can possibly think of, I'm gonna sit on it for a little while to see if it's actually gonna stick, and then I might change. And so you're absolutely right, those companies uh, found themselves in that situation. And then something happened. Um, things were changing so fast that uh, if you were not keeping up with the trades, if you were not uh, going to webinars, if you were not Bringing in different reps or looking at companies you never even heard of, you were left behind, uh, and it and it actually becomes very overwhelming. You know, um, I think about uh, being in a meeting and someone had. I know this is kind of old, but it, you know, I'm moving it over to diversity, <laughs> so bear with me. But, no, it's good. Um, I remember being in a meeting. Someone brought up Pokemon, and I was like, "What?" And so they brought up their phone, and they were showing everybody in the meeting how that worked. Pokemon Go.
1: Yes, the Pokemon app. Yeah, GIF, yeah. yeah, the
0: app. And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's kind of cool." And normally, something like that you would experience would take maybe another year before I would actually, uh, you know, have to think about it and gin pop and the general population of our, our community. And I'm walking down the domain, and I'm I'm being, you know, run over by these group of people who are all looking at their phones. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they're doing that Pokemon Go thing. And then my 80-year-old aunt at a family function was like, can you show me how to do that Pokemon thing? And I was like, and that was within a three-month span. So that is showing you how something that only a few people know about then turns into a couple of people who are very early uh, tech adopters. And then it goes to my 80-year-old aunt, and she is 80, um, who, <laughs> I know it you're sounds like scared. it's not real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's actually 88. You're but, not exaggerating. Right, she's, she's in her 80s. That she is interested, because she's like, I'm hearing about it, but I don't understand how it works. And she's even interested in learning about it. So that is where. Uh, companies are no longer able to sit on their hands about, you know, innovating, and this is also a good thing because it allows other people to kind of come into the. Uh, the marketplace and make their name known and yeah. make their presence felt.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. That there's a there's a lot of times where Pokemon Go, which now you kind of laugh at those. Yeah, I
0: know that's why two I, or three
1: years ago. Yes, that,
0: that's why I said it. Well, it's yeah. funny because yeah. you look at it and you
1: go, okay, well I remember that that was two or three years ago, but it's it's lost my it, yeah. I'm, I lost it's out of my my frame of thought now. Yes, but yes. there's other companies now, AR and VR. That's it's, exactly it's, right. It's, they've come in and taken what Nintendo did. And, and taking, it to, and the next taking level. it to the next level yeah
0: a friend of mine worked with cadillac speaking of augmented reality and uh he showed me uh this video that they did where they had the cadillac going through um a, a kind of a cartoon um obstacle course if you will and that was probably like you said five or six years ago and now it's commonplace you know it's also almost like a you know, those goggles are like tchotchkes you get at conventions now, and that would be something that only a few people would have access to. So you're absolutely right. It's getting to the masses very quickly. It's being commoditized extremely fast. And what d- does that mean? It means it's on the way out the door just as fast. Yeah, I was just about um, to ask
1: that. So how does how does a company like GSDNM?
0: Well, it, you know, it, d- it depends on each client's needs. Mm-hmm. You know, you have uh, some clients who that is not, a need for them. They are providing a tried-and-true experience for a targeted segment of the community, and they're not going to they're, – they're pretty much um, not having to worry about that sort of, sort of thing. Then you have other accounts uh, that are very tech-driven and must be on the uh, the bleeding edge, actually, of, of any adoption. and. So it, it, it does, one side doesn't, size doesn't fit all, um, just simply because of the needs of their business. Some of them really don't work with digital because that is not how their customer base interacts with them, believe it or not. So um, it's, it's, it's interesting uh, who buys in and who doesn't, uh, but really sometimes it's the brand, sometimes it's uh, the needs of that industry, it depends on what it is, on how, um, how the adoption levels happen uh, at the agency. And we have to account for all of that. Mm-hmm. So one group may be all up on what the latest is, and another group is more about traditional way of doing things. And uh, it is uh, dictated uh, either from the client or from the industry itself.
1: You know? And with that said, is there, have you seen a pretty big growth now that connected TV and cord mm-hmm. cutters and you know traditional ways of listening to uh, radio even, Spotify, you know, the, with that, with those type of things, have you seen an increase? Uh, what what it is it, very, what's the media mix right now? Is it Yeah, I don't know. like 50-50 I now? I don't yeah, know, like.
0: You're asking me questions because I'm not in, I haven't been in the media department for <laughs> yeah, about yeah, five yeah, yeah, years, yeah. so yeah. I, I, I don't know what their media mix is. Um, but I will say that, um, Cord Cutters has been a conversation we've been having for about 10 years. Um, and for a very long time, people did not want to cut their cord because that was the only way they could um, actually get to that type of platform or to that show. Um, now that you can watch it on your phone or your computer, it seems like something that's doable because you can project it on your television if you like. Um, so it depends on the generation to be perfectly honest Um, there are some people who are just comfortable with turning on the remote they want to have time warner be the one to manage whether they're seeing a certain program or not and then other people are like i want a very very curated experience uh, and i don't need to see it real time i think honestly it's not about um, the technology i think it's the fact that uh appointment television is pretty much non-existent now unless
1: you're game of thrones
0: yeah and even that i i have to say that's a whole nother show about how the ending of game of thrones <laughs> happened i'm still a little salty about that so i just don't oh, want to no. talk about it we
1: have no spoilers on this show yeah if somebody's not watched it
0: well i'm just gonna say stop watch don't even watch it just come up with your own yeah <laughs> you'll be better off for yeah, it yeah but um but yeah, there's not really any appointment television except for something like Game, Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead or things of that nature. But for the most part, everyone's having a curated uh, television experience alone. Um, I think back, probably the last one besides Game of Thrones was uh, Sopranos, was like that too. You had to walk in a room and go, did everybody watch it last night? And then mm-hmm. everybody said yes. Then you could start your conversation. Same thing with Game of Thrones. Did you watch it? Have you watched it? And they're like, no, 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 no I'm watching it tomorrow. Yeah. And you're like, well, Lee, because I want to talk about it. You know?
1: um, <laughs> Well, you couldn't do that back then, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But but before that, even though there was DVR and, and VCR, v, v, VHS and things like that, there really wasn't uh people needed to be home on thursday night to watch certain shows people needed to be home on sunday night to watch certain shows it was a collective experience you had with the nation if you will um, and so that is why i think core cutting personal this is a survey of one is is on the rise now is because everyone's like, oh, well, I don't have to watch it on this certain day to experience that program. It's turned into, oh, have you checked out the show? You should start binging on it, mm-hmm. you know? and every, So they can have it at their own cadence. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think that honestly, it is about the fact that appointment television has gone out the door mm-hmm. versus that people um, want to have less technology in their life. That's probably another part of it, too, in that sense.
1: Uh, I guess I shouldn't say that while I'm here <laughs> on this show,
0: but and you get what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I guess um, you now have just been, um, uh, I guess, you you got the presidency,
0: yeah. Of yeah, Austin
1: Ad y- Federation. Y- yes, yeah. Uh, so yeah, talk a little bit about Austin Ad Fed and. and sure. You, uh, there's a lot of people listening that probably want to be a part of it. Oh, I
0: I would love that. Yeah. We um, are a organization that started uh, in the 20s actually as a men's club, which I think men's advertising club, which I think is. Um, Uh, fascinating no I don't think there's anything (laughs) wrong with it that's what that's who was working at the time in in that space but uh, we've evolved into having a 1600 member force of advertising professionals across uh, the Austin area Uh, we are a chapter of the National American Advertising Federation and that's where the AAF portion comes from and hence ad for those of you who know it by that term. Um, And so we are part of one of the largest clubs in the country, to be perfectly honest. And we have the distinction more so than many of the other clubs in that we do have a very significant creative aspect to it. Um, Some of the smaller clubs have morphed into more of a uh, marketing slash advertising type of role. So if you work in that position at your company, you were part of AAF. But for Austin, it's still very much um, a creative um, component. But we have definitely made space and opened up, uh, having uh, people more from the sales side, having people more from um, you know tech companies, all of those that haven't been a part of it before, be a bigger presence with the organization. And so we have different areas um, we have education which is our link to uh, Texas State and to University of Texas and we are moving and this is my call to action for someone out there who's interested we're moving into ongoing education um, one of the challenges I got from some of our members before I became president was that they really wanted to hear Uh, or have an opportunity to learn more for their staff. Uh, Once you get a job and you can get trades and do webinars, that's great, but they do want an opportunity to have ongoing education on what some of the things that are happening out there in the world today as far as advertising is concerned. Um, and then we have programs, uh, the breakfast cereal, a lot of people have come to that, uh, and happy hours as well. And with those, those are opportunities for companies um, or individuals who may made written books or, want, or have a certain perspective uh, to come and bring that forward. We do have a cultural diversity um, Uh, part of it. Uh, For those of you who are interested in diversifying your your company uh, and being a part of making that change in Austin, that is an opportunity there. And then the reason why the organization actually was formed many, many years ago was in relation to government relations. Um, It's not really, uh, I guess most people probably don't see it as much of a part of the advertising space as it once was. But, you know, GSDM in particular was part, uh, with many companies, uh, was supportive of, of uh, the initiative against the bathroom bill. And uh, we had the IP with LGBT campaign that went on uh, during that time. And those are the things that AAF would be a part of in getting in front of the members and making sure that they understand that, um, as well as uh, seeing for those that felt that it's part of who their culture is and who they want to advocate for, that they would be a part of that as well. Um, and then we do have our executive team. We have our past president. President uh, Patricia Buchholz. Uh She's with Look Think Make, and I think she's going to be on on uh, the show mm-hmm. in the near future. Uh, and then uh, I have my incoming president, Annalene, who is who's a account director for Pizza Hut client at GSDM, and she has started. Uh, a lot of cultural diversity efforts um, including a chapter at houston tillotson which is a historically black college here in austin texas so we're doing a lot of things as a matter of fact um under patricia's direction we became um the club of the year for uh the nation of aaf how many
1: chapters are there
0: about 200 oh god yeah so it's (laughs) like every city yeah pretty much um we are part of the district that includes arkansas oklahoma and Pretty much all of Texas, except for El Paso, because they don't want to be a part of us. But anyway, they're in a different district. Oh, um, <laughs> they're too good for us. <laughs> I know. I know. They didn't want to travel all the way back. Yeah, to yeah. The it's side. nine hours. Yeah, right? it's, it's it's pretty pretty long. But all that to say, uh, so we are uh, on the heels of having of, of doing a lot of great things and continue to do great things. And um, I was just talking to someone and doing a write up about. Uh, starting this out and I said I feel like Tim Cook you know on day one after he found out he was CEO Mm -hmm. it's like okay we have this iPhone 5 coming out Um, (laughs) how am I gonna make this even better and um, and now we're you know probably on an an almost 10 iterations since that time Mm -hmm. and uh, and he's doing just fine so The way to that, to me, is the membership. The only way that we can be a great club is if the membership feels that we're a great club. And so it's really a call to action uh, to either uh, go to our website, which is austinadfed.com, and learn more about some of the opportunities that are out there, and you can even just join the newsletter, and we are sending out information for people who are really interested in uh, getting back into it. I heard this a lot um, from people. I just want to have a, an event where I have fun. And I was like, okay, and what else? And they were like, fun? And then I was like, okay, um, I need something else to work with, and they were like, no. Uh, I just want to have fun. And they feel like networking and you know getting awards, all of that is mm-hmm. fantastic, but if there's not a way to have fun and let loose and have an opportunity to see friends that you used to work with at different places or make connections with new people. That's what AAF can bring to um, the Austin community. So that's what we're, we're working towards, is is making it fun to be with your coworkers and having those opportunities to make those connections again. Yeah.
1: And it matters. It matters it does. It, 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 to, to have that community within the Austin area. I think that if you're any, like you said, advertising creative group, even the techni- technology side, if you business out there and they're yes. not a part of this group, they should be. You yeah, because it's it's not in like oh well you're missed out and you're left behind but you know it's it's a community where they can grow and like you said with all the different functions and you know diversity um, um, you know, uh, happy hours happy hours whatever and, it is yeah
0: I mean we're we're working on big wigs right now mm-hmm. which is. Uh, the non Addies quote unquote award show. But I've gotten a
1: few awards from those. Oh,
0: good, good. <laughs> Way notice. back in the day, it was like 20,
1: 2013,
0: 2014. Were you uh, the um, digital account executive? Ah, of the year. nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. nice, nice. So,
1: not humble brag.
0: Yeah, right, right.
1: <laughs> oh, people are gonna hate me you. right I, now.
0: I, I, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You won, so they didn't. So you know, it is what it is. I'll let you say that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, you're absolutely right. So Big Woods is coming up and, and it turned, we want to turn it into a, a thing that just because you're nominated, you, you go and then, okay, I'm your friend, so I'll go with you. I want it to be something that everyone's like, I want to go because I want to have a good time and I want to see some old friends. So we're really looking at how to um, make that known to everyone, I guess this is step one by me saying it out loud. Um, and uh, we're gonna do this probably in, uh, at this point, late September, early October. So if anybody wants to work on the committee or do anything like that, uh, we we're, we're would be more than happy to have you on board. Um, we are also gonna have a can night. Um, we, one of our board members, um, Brent Catwell and Stephanie Hatch work for NCM and which is the cinema company. And they have the, uh, they are able to get their hands on um, some, you know, uh, the Can winners and GSD this is another humble brag um you know won a lion so we're very excited about that uh so we're going to um work with the University of Texas and have an evening for everyone to come and see all of the great work that happened um at Can this year um we only will have 300 tickets because we couldn't get a larger venue yeah, how do we so. get tickets to that I <laughs> know the, I know so we're you're like be, well yeah let's no, hold off on no no, no no we're gonna we're sending <laughs> yeah. it out soon and we're just okay. uh we are uh, getting all of that together so within the next uh couple months but that also will be actually in october that's one of the things and then um for um Addies, you know we're gonna have brenton and taylor here at q1 who are going to be working with with uh they're going to be our board members working on the Addies, and they have some really great ideas. I'm not going to put it out there, but I I'll, I I, it's, I feel like um, a proud mom. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, let me tell you what they're going to do. You know, but it is exciting uh, the ideas that they've brought forward and um,
1: explain to people what the Addies are.
0: So the Addies are uh, the Creative Awards. They're like the Can Lion. Uh, they are in a lot of different categories, whether it be print, outdoor. Uh, video audio and it, uh, it's a competition amongst uh, the ad agencies here the creative ad agencies here in Austin uh, and from that perspective it goes to district which would be the, the the states that I just mentioned earlier and then from there you go on to win uh, at nationals so you can get gold and, and silver uh, we actually have a bronze um, category and this year which is a very exciting they are starting the mosaic Awards uh, which is going to highlight um, diversity so uh, the governor of our district this is a passion point for him uh, and so he is working on I'm not work, working on that really but he's working on that uh, to make that happen so that's something uh, to look forward to as well but we're really looking to trying to find fun things for people to come out to and um, you know we're just going to try something, something new and something different. Believe me, this organization um, has been in business this long because of the hard work of all of my predecessors. So this is only trying to make sure it sustains itself into the future. Because just like you were talking about earlier about you know core cutting and you know how that's happening, um, you know trade organizations we're the hot thing in the 80s and the 90s and people have retreated to their corners and they don't feel like they need it as much but the truth of the matter is we do need the personal touch we need to create those relationships um, because it's mutually beneficial to everybody involved and so we want to be the organization to make that happen
1: Oh, that's great. No, it's 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 awesome. I think there's you're getting people out of their shell who people who are are just relying on LinkedIn or Yeah. any other type of online uh, indeed or whatever just yeah, to communicate and, and and get connected and and you have to have that face-to-face. That's exactly that's right. It's still very very crucial. It is very crucial. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kuria, for thank you coming for on me. and yeah, thank you for joining us here on the queue.
0: I appreciate it. You have a good one. Yeah, thank you.
1: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Q1 Media. Q1 Media partners with agencies and brands all across the nation for all of their digital marketing needs, whether it's CTV, OTT, location-based, mobile device AD targeting, search engine marketing, targeted display, research and data that you might need for your clients. Whatever it is, Q1 Media can help with all your marketing efforts. Uh, so yeah, please check out Q1 Media's website at q1media.com. That's Q, the number one, media.com, and you can view case studies, examples of our work, or even check out episodes of The Q, the podcast, conversations in digital media.
0: Thank you for listening.